Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I'm delighted. I've been la-di-da-din. Not a lot of thoughts when I ponder from the top, man. These boys, they be potting. I trust them like a lot. And they told me that I get it. Guess what? I got it. You should do it too. You will never lose. If you ever do, must have been a ruse. Ricky, that's my dude. Stoops is super cool. Sharks up in the pool. Sparking up my tools, I've been looking to win. Spend a little again. I've been first fiddled it in. My god, I riddled again. I told them stop clowning around. They said what goes up comes down. I said I'm down with the sickness. My team stay ill now. Come get this. I'm just so dead in light. I stay ready tonight. Deep dive, we rise. That's the melee, alright. David Delight. David Delight. Da 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 David Delight. What's up, everybody? We are live here at the Debbie Delight. Let's welcome on aboard. We have a guest this week to talk about um, Big Ten quarterbacks. We have been doing profiles. We studied the Pac-12 the last couple of weeks. We figured we'd bring bring by, there we go, bring by Justin Fields' wife um, to the show. Matt, how are you today, buddy? I am wonderful. Justin is well as well. good as well. He's sorry he couldn't make it. He's a little bit busy at the moment. Perfect, perfect. I love the uh, Cleveland Browns back there in the background. Um, I also appreciate the fact that, you know, we decided at like 11 o'clock last night we were going to do this via video, and you were okay with it, so. Yeah, that's exactly why that's there right now. Otherwise, you would see the uh, PJ Mask stuff and everything else. <laughs> used to try and uh, limit the echo here. So, yeah, I threw that up, so covering up Owlette a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there'll be more stuff here eventually. I, I get it. I mean, you see the background, you get a couch and a couple of, uh, you know, America, you know, you got a blanket and you got a couple pillows here. But uh, as always, I'm joined by, wait, this this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stoops, how are you today, buddy? I'm good. The pointing thing, it's, it's yep, it's tough. Yeah, I it really figure is. It out. Yeah. No, no, it's fun. Yeah, we decided to do this um, literally last night. It was, it was kind of, uh, we've maybe talked about it before, not obviously live, but uh we made the decision. It was fun. So we're, we're going to kind of try and do this going forward. But I'm doing pretty good. Um, trying to stay as busy as possible through these times. Um, I know when I went on the, the pod with Matt, we, we talked about life stuff going on right now, pretty, pretty in-depth at, at moments. So I'm um, hanging in there, enjoying it, ready to talk some, some Big Ten quarterbacks, though. Yeah, Matt, so you come from the Fantasy Football Roundtable podcast. Um, Stoops and I have both now been guests on there. Um, you and I, I had a blast on there, man. We talked, obviously, my two loves, football and movies. So I had a great time on the show. I think you do great stuff over there. Make sure to check it out, guys, Fantasy Football Roundtable. Also head on over to check out some of his content at DynastyNerds.com as well. Um, before we dive into the quarterbacks, though, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this virtual draft as a collective whole and your thoughts regarding it in general. Uh, I mean, I think it's cool obviously for us because it's going to give us some real content instead of us just trying to have to guess at what we think is going to happen. I, I do think 
all the complaining I've heard from NFL GMs and everything, I think is a little bit overstated. I understand why they probably don't want to go through. They've missed out on a lot of the pro days and everything. There's a lot of talk that I think it's going to affect the guys later in the drafts. The guys they don't get to bring in, see at other pro days, I think could be a big deal. But all in all, I think it's going to be great for us. I, I would imagine there's going to be monster numbers turning in for this, especially because I believe they're doing a, a – a joint telecast between ESPN and NFL. So you're going to have like the best analysts from ESPN. And I prefer watching NFL side of it anyways, but NFL and ESPN together doing one uh, big telecast for the whole thing. So I think it's going to be awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Obviously I imagine you guys are too. You've watched these guys for years in college now getting to see where they get to go. Uh, same as I have. It's, it's going to be fun for me. What, what do you guys think? Oops. Yeah, no, I think it's gonna be pretty cool. Um, and I was I was watching some Sports Center actually for the first time in probably months, honestly, um, before we jumped on here. And and they were talking about the the virtual draft, and I was seeing along the bottom how even a lot of the owners are trying to put wanting or they're wanting to push it back to I think August, yeah. um, because they're missing out on these key you know um, moments or key you know interviews and and scouting um, scouting times for for these prospects. So. I, I don't see that happening at this point. I think um, Goodell's pretty much set and in, in what has been set in place. But I think it's going to be fun. Um, they did say that Burrow and Chase Young for sure are going to be two guys that we're going to see. Um, again, virtually, you know, they're going to have, I guess, some form of camera set up. They're going to have something going so we can kind of see their reactions and all that. So um, they've got something figured out as far as getting some guys in there to get them, you know, on virtually. So it's going to be pretty cool. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be different. Um, we've never seen anything like this before um, on the, the big scale. Obviously, we've, we've had the cameras and stuff in people's you know houses, but it's going to be interesting. Um, I think a lot of owners are worried that they're going to slip up in some way and people are going to you know get their sheets or get their footage. I don't know. They're, they're worried in some way, I think, is what the big issue is. They're trying to figure that out. But I think it's going to be pretty cool. I'm pretty excited about it. What do you think? Yeah, to, to be honest with you, I saw the list. There's like a list of, I don't know, I think it's like 56 players, I think it was, that they're going to have some sort of live stream with. I did see that the two big names that are not are like Cam Akers and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Those are two guys that were not added on the list, but those are like the two bigger names that weren't added. It's going to be interesting to me. I'm excited about it. I think that it's going to be kind of funny to see like it's going to be very real for a lot of us right we do a mm -hmm. lot of these drafts you know what i mean this is how we do our drafts this is how we communicate sometimes we don't do it obviously with videos and stuff like that but i think it's going to add and enhance another layer to the uh show as a collective whole and maybe something that they might utilize moving forward in the future because i feel like we need to see more of kind of what goes on inside these gm circles and what the conversation is and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out it's it's going to be weird obviously but um i'm excited i do agree with what matt said it's going to be probably the most watched telecast of the year you know what i mean like that first uh that first round is going to have like millions upon millions of views so before we before we dive in i had asked a question um before the uh show and i asked the question of what do you think is the best pairing for the upcoming draft i think i said quarterback is that correct i did say that i think and um, Matt, what did you fall on there? So I'm I'm kind of torn on two. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my guy Justin Herbert. I know you guys are both big fans of him as well. Uh, I would really like to see him land in the with the Los Angeles Charger, where it does seem like he's kind of getting mocked to a lot. Uh, I think 
What Anthony Lynn did with Tyrod Taylor in Baltimore, I think he's going to try and do in Los Angeles right now. I know they keep talking about they're fine with him being the starter. I've heard rumors that Cam might be going there, which worries me a little bit. But even if they bring Cam in and it's only like a year thing, I think Herbert's a perfect fit there with with the players they have with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. We assume they're probably going to do a long-term extension with Hunter Henry. So now he's going to have that big tight end. Those are going to be the three best targets he's ever had. Uh, play for him, and I don't think it's ever. I, they, he said wide receivers of my talent, and I can promise you, if either one of you were to throw me a football from how close we are right now, it would still hit me in the face. So he's not had good talent. Having those guys, then you bring in Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson at running back. He's had some decent running backs, but I think that team around him, he he's going to finally show the world what we all think he could be that a lot of people seem to doubt. I think that'd be a perfect spot for him to land. I would love to see that happen for him in a couple weeks. Stoops. So I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, I forgot you asked this question, but I have an answer in my head. You wrote a show sheet and I forgot it. So anyway, no. So we've talked about it before. And, and um, I think if, if we could see and this, I'm going to give you two nam- names. I'm going to cheat because I did forget. Um, and this is assuming the scheme stays the same. If, if, if Jake Fromm or I think even Jacob Eason, who I know I'm a little bit higher on than some other guys, went to New Orleans, um, I think – We've been hearing where Taysom Hill, he's the guy, right? He's going to be the next guy once Breeze retires. I don't know how true that is or how long that would even last if that does come you know, into play. But I think if we could see a Jake Fromm or a Jacob Eason in, in New Orleans, given a Sean Payton scheme, right? I think it's it's a QB-friendly um, offense. And obviously, he's got some weapons there. He's got Michael Thomas. He's got Kamara. Um, you know, assuming, obviously, contracts are worked out on, on the, the Kamara side. He sticks around. But we'll see how that goes. But I think if Jacob Eason or, or, or Jake Fromm could go there, I think they could benefit from a scheme like that. It, it, again, if if I could be in an offense where I'm throwing a Michael Thomas, sign me up every single day. You know what I mean? I would love that. But um, those, those would be some, some landing. That would be a landing spot for either one of those guys that I'd like to see. For me, I landed on Anthony Gordon. Um, I like him a whole lot. I like Anthony Gordon a lot. I know I, the thing about it is, I truly wholeheartedly believe that Anthony Gordon could end up being a nobody in this league, I, and I understand that. But I do believe in his talent. I think he's got some raw talent. The pairing I did with him was the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I think that he would be a nice little fit with Frank Wright and that offense, um, especially being able to sit behind Rivers for a year. I think that that would help benefit him as well. Rivers is a little willy-nilly with the ball more so than I think that you would like. But um, I think that – I also do think the Colts have a really good chance at winning that division this year with that that offense, that core that they have, and then, of course, that defense is out of this world. But I do like that pairing a whole lot. I want Anthony Gordon to go somewhere where somebody might actually believe in him and might actually give him a chance in that path to be a good quarterback in this league um, because if he just gets drafted by some random team, he's not going to have that capability – um, Matt, what are your thoughts on Anthony Gordon? Uh, I, I do think that might be an interesting fit. I, I'm not as high on him as you guys. I think I have him. I'm trying to remember where my rankings were when I did this with Dennis. I know Dennis is actually higher on him than I am. If I can sort of no, no, I was going to try and uh, let's see here. Anthony Gordon, I have him at nine. So I have, oh, I'm sorry, I have him at eight right ahead of Hurt. So right behind from. And although this was probably a little bit of a uh, hot take Stanley, I'm a big Nate Stanley guy as well. I really like Nate Stanley. So I I, I like Gordon. I I could see that. I do think Indianapolis would be a really good fit. I love Frank Reich as a a quarterback's coach. I do think that he could probably bring out the best in Anthony Gordon if that is where he goes. And I agree. 
uh, for me, Gordon and like Gordon hurts from those are all guys I think need to sit for at least a year, including Stanley. I, I think really there's only those top four guys that everybody talks about would be ready to start this year. If they went so Gordon landing in a place like Indianapolis, I think would be a good fit. I, I like that call. Yeah, I think if I think if Hurt sits for about five or ten years, he might actually be good a good NFL quarterback one day. Um, all right, let's go ahead and transition into the reason we had you on the show, Big Ten quarterback Stoops. I'm going to have you kick it off with quarterback. Are you going to talk about this week? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about quarterback um, Tanner Morgan out of out of Minnesota. He was only a three star prospect coming out of high school, so he was not a a highly touted guy. He was the 1,185th ranked player in his class, and he was the 44th ranked pro style quarterback. So he was definitely ranked um, quite a bit lower, but he was the number five player in Kentucky. So in Kentucky, he was one of the guys, right? Um, 6'2", 215. Um, this past year, I mean, he was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he had some some amazing targets. He had Rashad Bateman, he had Tyler Johnson. And really, it, it's funny. I went and looked, um, you know, at basically what the vacant targets were going to be. And I'm thinking, all right, we're going to have three, four guys, you know? Well, no, not really. Um, there are some other guys leaving, but... Um, Tyler Johnson, that's the big one, right? He had 86 catches, 113 targets for over 1,300 yards and 13 touchdowns. So him losing Tyler Johnson is going to be a big, big um, miss there. But um, they've got Chris Ottman-Bell, um, one of their receivers. He was actually the third third highest um, receiver as far as yards go. And then Daniel Jackson, he's a, I think it was a four-star prospect coming in. So he'll be a true freshman. It'll be interesting to see what he comes in and does. But Rashad Bateman's going to be the guy. We know that. Um, he's going to be be the absolute stud there. So he's got some decent targets there and one coming in as well. But when you look back at his um, stats from this past season, he had a 66.7 completion percentage, for, threw for over 3,200 yards, almost met that 3,300-yard mark. What I like to see, 30 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Obviously, the lower the interceptions, the better. We'd love to see that. But I think a 30-7 to seven, um, you know, touchdown to, to interceptions, I think is pretty phenomenal. I'd love to see that. Negative 61 rushing yards. We talk about that every single time. What is considered a rush, right? We don't we don't know. But he went negative 61 rushing yards there. I think he just got sacked quite a bit. But he did have a rushing touchdown. Had 125 first downs. So for a quarterback that that doesn't necessarily run that often, obviously he he has the ability to run, but he's not going to be one of those elite guys to do it. Still to have 125 first downs, I think it's pretty phenomenal. One big, big thing, though. So I talked about the seven interceptions. He had 10 fumbles last year. That's a big, big number. And he's had 17 fumbles in his entire career um, so far in the two years that he's been there. So that's a that's a huge thing. I want to see him clean up. He's got to work on the ball control. And, and we've said it. Those are just 10 fumbles in general, not necessarily 10 fumbles lost. He may have only lost one of them, but that's still 10 opportunities that he gave the defense to take over and basically get the offense off the field. So we definitely want to see him clean that up. Hope he can get that, that squared away and work on some ball control. But when I was watching some film on him, he had a lot of accurate passes down the field and that's a big thing, right? We always talk about um, accuracy down the field and, and it can kind of get a little bit willy nilly sometimes. And I loved what I saw whenever he had those deep balls. Now, obviously the top targets that he had, they're, they're able to make some phenomenal catches and make, make a quarterback look good, which you love. Um, love the zip that he had on the ball and his short to intermediate throws. He gets the ball in there. He's not afraid to, to try and fit it into a tighter window. Um, which I think can get him into some trouble at times, but I just love that he's able to take those chances and he trusts his receivers. Um, when you look at it, we always talked about the the down and distance, right? So first and 10 plus, he had 198 pass attempts. He threw for almost 2,100 yards, eight touchdowns and five interceptions. So five interceptions on first and 10. That tells you he's he's willing to take those chances early and often. Um, 
which again is, is the concern. Like I say, he tries to fit him in those tight windows and then it just kind of backfires on him sometimes, but he counted for 73 first downs on first and 10 plus. So love seeing that. Definitely want to see him start taking care of the ball a little bit more. Um, in the red zone, um, I actually liked what I saw from him a lot there. This, this, These are some phenomenal numbers here. 74 pass attempts, 45 um, completion. So the percentage isn't quite there, but again, in the you know, in the red zone, windows are much, much, much tighter. And sometimes we always talk about it. He just threw the ball away, right? It, it was just a, hey, I don't want to throw an interception, so let's just throw it away. 395 passing yards, 22 touchdowns. These are career. So obviously not just, just the season. These are career numbers. 22 passing touchdowns, only two interceptions. So it, how I talked about it, right? He, he's he's trying to fit into some windows. Red zone, it, it's it's not going to be as big of a window. So he's he's throwing the ball quite a bit, throwing the ball away. And I, I love seeing that. Only the two interceptions inside the red zone. And he had 17 rush attempts, 22 rushing yards, and two rushing touchdowns. So I love seeing that. I, I just, I'm hoping that, um, Chris Ottman Bell and Daniel Jackson come in and, and essentially take over that Tyler Johnson role. I don't think either one of those guys are going to be to that level of a Tyler Johnson. I think Bateman's going to see some numbers that are just absolutely absurd. Um, he's going to get force fed the ball. He's probably going to see 140 targets this year. I'm not even kidding. I think he's going to be a target hog there. Um, but I like Tanner Morgan a lot, man. Um, uh, there's obviously some other quarterbacks in the class I like more, but Tanner Morgan, I think, is a, a phenomenal guy. He came in and showed what he can really do this season, and I think having a, an extra season under his belt, obviously, is going to speak volumes for what he can do in this upcoming season. Matt, any thoughts on Morgan? Yeah, I don't uh, I don't disagree with anything Steve said, actually. I, I like Morgan as well. Uh, I don't um... – I think he's got really good uh, touch passes from everything. I'm not, I haven't watched a whole lot of Minnesota uh, game tape. Obviously, I've seen stuff with Tyler Johnson. Rashad Bateman's the truth. Uh, you could mm-hmm. argue the, no, one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver coming out next year or in that in his class. Uh, I do agree that I think he's going to get a ton of targets. He's got good uh, zip on the ball in short areas. I don't think he's got quite the the deep deep ball arm strength that some of the other quarterbacks may have in this class. Uh, but I, I do agree with Stoops. He really seems to be able to zip it in there in the short, uh, short intermediate area. Outside of that, no, I mean, I don't have much else. Uh, how high, Stoops, do you think he could jump up in that class if he does have a really good year this year? I think he could – because right now, man, that's – because, I mean, obviously the top two, we, we've already we've already talked about who those two are. I I, I think he could easily be a top five quarterback, easily. Um, if he has a, a – phenomenal season if he cleans up the fumbles um obviously again the seven interceptions it's it's higher than what you want but it, it's not terrible we've seen much worse we've seen much better but i think he could be i probably wouldn't have him above four if i'm being honest um i, I probably i think the top three for me are pretty much locked in um i could easily see him be a consensus top five though i would feel comfortable if he throws if he has another season like what he just did plus plus some um i think he could easily be a top five quarterback yeah, I agree 100%. I like Tanner Morgan. We talked about him a little bit last year and and if he can improve upon his ability. But I think that's the biggest thing. You know, if his improvement this year, I still obviously don't think that he can pass. You know, he won't pass Lawrence. He won't pass Fields, you know, no. consensus one and two. But that three spot is really up for grabs if he has that big of a year. Um, but then, of course, that transitions perfectly into Matt, your guy, your guy, Justin Fields. So let's hear yeah. it, man. Uh, you didn't mix up the order there, though. It's Justin Fields, then Trevor Lawrence. I just, just, 
<laughs> said no one other than you ever, but it's okay, man. Uh, you know, Justin Fields, he's the GOAT. He's the best that ever has been, never will be. He's going to be an NFL MVP one day. Uh, obviously, he's going to be right there in the conversation with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I feel like, again, I know Trevor Lawrence had a bad year last year, but in my opinion, he outproduced Trevor Lawrence. Had he not gone into that uh, playoff game with a knee injury, I have no doubt the Buckeyes win that game. Uh, you know, I still think they win that game if Chris Olave doesn't fall down. But, again, I hate bringing that up because – my heart's – I'm about to have a heart attack on this podcast right here. It's, it's not good. Fields, uh, he's got the NFL size and stature, in my opinion. Me and Stoops actually talked about him just a, a week or two ago when he was on the podcast with me. We both were talking about how we see him being kind of like Cam Newton going into the NFL. He's a little bit smaller, but I wouldn't doubt as he grows into his body more that he couldn't become a Cam Newton type. Ten times better thrower. I don't think he's as elusive running the ball. He's got that straight-ahead speed, but he's not quite uh, – he's not going to juke people like Cam Newton. He's, I don't think he's going to run over people like Cam Newton. But 3,273 yards last year, 41 pass touchdowns to three interceptions, which is just ridiculous. I mean, he he had it going on. Granted, he has a ton of really good wide receivers around him. He's losing K.J. Hill. Uh, Benjamin Victor this year, which obviously might hurt him a little bit. I still think Chris Olave and then obviously a, a stud in the making and Garrett Wilson coming on uh, are really going to help him. I'm hoping that Ohio State has to open up their offense a little bit more now with J.K. Dobbins leaving. Obviously bringing over Trey Sermon from the transfer portal is going to help a little bit not have to rely so much on Master Teague, who is good, but he's obviously not J.K. Dobbins. Uh, Stoops was talking about some of the stuff with Tanner Morgan in the red zone. Justin Fields, 55 red zone attempts, uh, 34 completions, so he completed about 62% of his passes in the red zone, had 24 pass touchdowns and nine rushing touchdowns, so it just kind of shows his, his versatility there. On first and 10-plus, he had a 70% completion percentage for 1,602 yards and 15 pass touchdowns, one interception. Again, Ohio State's offense was very high-flying under Ryan Day, and they did not always play the best competition, so – you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. But still, he showed that he can beat anybody and everybody. He really was, in my opinion, doing great things against that Clemson defense in that playoff game. That You could tell the knee limit hit him a little bit. And it did worry me a little bit that when J.K. Dobbins went down, Fields kind of struggled to step up and take that next step. Where we saw Lawrence do that in that game. So that's, I guess, where you could see putting Lawrence ahead of uh, – uh, my God, I was going to call him Taylor. Justin Fields, because when the, the Buckeyes really shut down ETN in that game, and Lawrence was the one who had to step up and win them that game. And we haven't seen that from Justin Fields yet, which I'm hoping we will see this year. Uh, I do have him as my one because I just think he, he brings you a little bit more versatility. I know Trevor Lawrence can run the ball, uh, but he's just a little bit slider frame. He's got a little bit more – just I'm a little bit more worried about him than Justin Fields. I think he will by far be the better quarterback when it comes to the NFL. But if I'm looking at it from a fantasy side of things, I'm talking about Lawrence. I'm agreeing with you. Lawrence will be the better <laughs> NFL quarterback. But when I'm talking about fantasy side of things, I think what Fields can bring with his legs and just the versatility, I think fantasy-wise, he would be the one-one for me in any Debbie draft or any any rookie draft next year because I think he's going to bring just a little bit more intangibles. But all in all, I think the kid's a stud, and and the fact that he got beat out by Jake Fromm uh, makes me extremely happy as a Buckeyes fan. But I just, if I was a Georgia fan, I would be completely stunned on why they picked Fromm over Justin Fields. So my thoughts on this is, I think this is, and I've said this before about Justin Fields. I think this is his year, right? I think this is his year to showcase that why I need to be 
number two or one, who, however you flip flop or whoever looks at it. And obviously it's going to be the scheme of the team that wants him as well. You know what I mean? How, you know, that's going to be a main focus of it as well. But for me, Justin Fields, it's going to be interesting to see what he does, as you pointed out, without a J.K. Dobbins, without these arsenal of weapons that are, are leaving. You know what I mean? There's a host of receivers leaving. It's going to be – that's the main focus because I think the, the offense is going to be built around him this year versus last year it went through Dobbins, which set up Fields. And my big concern was obviously in the big game that he did struggle a little bit once, you know, Dobbins did go down. But to me, I think this is one of the best one-two combos we've seen in the quarterback position in quite a while. I think these two guys are clear cut. I think they're, they're going to be 10 plus year NFL starters in, in the NFL on Sunday. Stoops. Yeah. So y'all are talking about the weapons that he's losing. Um, he's got a Julian Fleming coming in. Yeah who is a phenomenal, phenomenal wide receiver. He's the number one receiver in the class. He's the number third ranked, or number third, number third, number three ranked player in his class as a wide receiver. So that just speaks absolute volumes for what he's going to be able to come in and really do. Um, again, true freshman coming into college in the situation we're in, that might affect how he transitions you know, into college, but I, I think the talent's going to rise. I think he's going to be able to come in and, and, and take those you know, vacant targets and really help out. I think Trey Sermon is a great addition at the running back position. Um, as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be – he's not a J.K. Dobbins. He's not going to do you know, what Dobbins did. I don't think he's quite to that level of talent, but, I mean, he is a phenomenal talent nonetheless. I think he, he, he's going to be a next-level guy. I think he's going to find a role on our NFL team when that time comes. But I think them adding Trey Sermon via the transfer portal and then getting Julian Fleming coming in as, as one of their top receivers now, along with the Garrett Wilson, um, I, I just think that they're set up pretty solid for this upcoming season. Yeah, so I'm going to transition into the guy that I want to talk about. And we talk about how we want to kind of dive deeper into guys. So that's where I went with this. I went with Joe Milton out of Michigan. Uh, four-star prospect, 204th ranked pro prospect in his class. He was a ninth-ranked quarterback. He's 6'5", 234. And the thing about it is with Milton, it's not 100% certain he's going to start this year. Obviously, he's in a quarterback competition with Dylan McCaffrey. Um, I do think that where the plus side of it is, is both of these guys have had two years in Josh Gaddis's, um offense this year. So they both have had the same amount of time to dive into this playbook. And I do think the shorter offseason could benefit Dylan but I do think that Milton's upside is really going to get him and have him see the football field. Obviously, as a Michigan guy, I have watched some of the worst quarterback play over the last couple of years that you will ever see. A guy that has consistently cost this team games over and over again with his terrible passing overthrows. I mean, the guys around him were never better because he was behind the center. I didn't under, I, I understood he was a senior. Harbor wanted to give him that one last hurrah. But we won't even be able to get to see Shea Patterson, the XFL, like I really wanted to next year because the XFL is now gone. But more on Milton. Nice touch. He's got a cannon. He's effortless on his throws on the run. He's elusive in the pocket. He's willing to stand tall in the pocket. A lot of what I watch, obviously, is high school stuff for Milton. I think Milton has a total of 12, I think it's 11 pass attempts. He's 6 of 11 with a touchdown and two picks. Um, he hasn't seen the field a whole lot um, in college so far right now. He has 12 rush attempts for two touchdowns, but he's a hard worker. He's passionate about his game. All you hear about is how this kid's a leader. You know what I mean? Guys are coming off the field. He's going to the offense alignment. He's going to the defense alignment. He's telling these guys, hey, keep your chin up. We're going to get better, et cetera, et cetera. He's already showcasing the ability to be a, uh, a leader on the next level. 
I think, in my opinion, if he takes this job from Dylan McCaffrey, he's going to take Michigan to the next level, of which we've been wanting to see happen in the age of Harbaugh. This is easily the best quarterback that we've seen Harbaugh have. And I think that he's 6'5". I mean, I love a big body quarterback, period. And a guy that's able to kind of stand in that pocket, move around in the pocket, he makes these effortless throws on the run that are so impressive. And the thing about it is, is you have a guy like Nico Collins, a wide receiver. He 37 catches, 729 yards last year and seven touchdowns. He averaged almost 20 yards a catch. And just think about what he could do with a capable, capable quarterback behind the center. And that, to me, is something that you can see. There's a lot of talent on this Michigan team, starting from the running back position. I mean, you have Zach Charbonnet. He's a very good running back. You've got him. He's a freshman coming in. you got Mike's uh, sensor uh, style. I can't even say his name, but I'm not even going to try. And then you got Nico Collins. you got Ter- uh, Terry Black. You have a lot of guys that are capable of making plays for this Michigan team. They just need a quarterback that is able to throw them the ball. I do think that... If he does not start this year, I do think that we could see Milton enter the transfer portal because if he doesn't, this is going to be his junior year, right? And he's not in here again. He's going to enter the transfer portal. A lot of the quarterbacks are doing that now if they're not given the opportunity. So McCaffrey might have this job, but I think Joe Milton's ability to make plays will, whether it's at Michigan or whether it's at another college, will make him important enough for you to keep an eye out, especially on the Devi aspect, because I think he's a dual-threat quarterback that is going to make plays. Matt, any thoughts on Milton? I mean, just as a uh, – man, the word just jumped out of my head. Uh, I, I, I don't like talking about the team up north to begin with, but I do uh, – I do like Joe Milton. I, I do think that he could bring something to Michigan we haven't seen in a while. Obviously, I don't watch a lot of Michigan games, uh, but I do watch them get destroyed by the Buckeyes every year. And I do think a lot of that is because of Shea Patterson. I mean, you got a guy like, for instance, this year, Donovan Peoples Jones, who a lot of people are sleeping on that I think could be a phenomenal wide receiver target. You can get late in the third or fourth round of your rookie drafts because everybody thinks he sucks because Shea Patterson was throwing it like at his feet as he was running a go around. He it, it was bad so I agree with you I think Milton could be good thing do good things obviously I don't think they're going to be able to do much this year but uh with once Fields goes I mean I, I don't know what Ohio State Ohio State's got a lot of talent around him I'm not as sold on CJ Stroud as some other people are coming in so Milton maybe if he stays a little bit longer comes in wins the job this year has a really good year for Michigan I guess my question would be for you Ricky being such a big Michigan fan say Milton comes in has a good year but Michigan still kind of struggles to make the playoffs or anything. Do you think if Harbaugh leaves, do you think that may affect Milton's growth and bringing in a new kind of offense system and everything? I do think so, yes. I think it it affects either McCaffrey or uh, Milton. I mean, especially going into a potential senior year and you're learning an entire new offense. I mean, we all know Harbaugh likes to throw the ball, right? We never know. Like, you're going from a Mike Leach to – I don't remember who's Washington State's head coach right now, but you're going from a Mike Leach who throws the ball 700 times in a season to a different coach that focuses run heavy. So, Borhe went from catching 80, 90 balls to this year he's going to run the ball. So, you have a quarterback that's having to learn an entire new system, whether it is – an asset to Milton or not, we don't know. So I do think that – I think there's a strong chance that Harbor leaves after this year if he does not succeed. I mean, I think that Harbor is a great coach. I, I don't know what the – not all NFL coaches translate into 
college, right? And then it's vice versa. Not all its college coaches translate into the pros. There's just something different about that aspect. Obviously, on the college level, there's the scouting. That's a rigorous process. It's, you know, and not, not just that. You're, you're having guys that are 18, 19, 20 years old. They're still very green. They're still, at some points, very immature. And getting them to focus not just on football, but you have school in the background. You have everyday life in the background. You have other things challenging these kids on a day-to-day basis. Whenever you get a guy in the NFL, you've already got him. You know, he still can be very immature if you look at some of the guys in the NFL now. But, you know, I'm talking about you have a little bit more seasoned guys when you're drafting them and you have more draft prep and you're kind of acquiring only X amount of assets in college. You have a, you know, a lot more assets there that you have to focus in and hone in on each and every year because you're scouting guys. And just because you scout the guy does not mean you're going to get said guy. And that works in the draft as well, but you're drafting seven guys in the draft. Those are your guys in this draft. And then of course you're recruiting via free agency. You can throw money at these guys I mean, they could probably throw money to them as well in college, but that's that's a different, <laughs> for a different day. But I do think it would affect him as a collective whole. I, if if they don't do something this year, Harbaugh is gone. I think even if they do do something, and I think that they make a playoff, they they when they do beat Ohio State this year, I do think <laughs> that they have the opportunity to. I still still think he could leave. You know what I mean? I think an NFL job could open up for him in a heartbeat. And I think that he might realize, hey, maybe this college thing is not for me. I think if he's gone, it's going to be a coordinator position. It's obviously not going to be – I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job at the next level. Um, I disagree. I don't think he will. Uh, I mean, I don't know. He was a great NFL coach. I'm not saying he wasn't. But I just – I, maybe they will. I don't know. You know, with, with, it just depends on the organization. I mean, it depends on what they want to do. But I, I just – I just the way that we've seen it generally well, – ah, you know what? Cliff Kingsbury was a terrible college coach, and he did get a head coaching job. So maybe, maybe you're right. Um, no, so it'll be interesting. And, and, and to the prospects, I honestly haven't watched much on Joe Milton um, at all, so I can't speak to his game. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the numbers. Um, but I got to go with Dylan McCaffrey. I mean, look at the family tree, right? They're all they all went pro in some fashion, or they're all D one. So no, I'm just kidding. Um, they did, but um, it's going to be interesting. I think that's going to be a real quarterback um, competition in that in that program, and to see who comes out on top, I think is going to be pretty crazy. They were both top ranked pro style quarterbacks in their classes respectively, so it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a much closer competition. It's just going to come down to, you know, what their other abilities outside of passing are what, what they can do if they can make, you know, make some plays outside of, uh, outside of throwing the ball. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, there's gonna be a lot of competitions around the the NCAA landscape this year that I think we should, uh, we should be paying attention to for sure. I agree hundred percent. And that's the thing. It's going to be very weird because we haven't had the spring practices. We're not going to have mm-hmm. the spring practices. We might not get into the football fields maybe until July, maybe August. I mean, it, it's, you know, and if they if they push the season a little bit further, how does that affect the guys? You know what I mean? I, I've heard some places where they're not even expecting to potentially have a college football season this year. And Matt, I wanted you to speak to that. I've been asking this question to a lot of different people, and and everybody wants to answer it with, "Well, we we hope it doesn't end that way." And, right. and we all want a college football season, right? But how do you think that looks like for some of these guys? Are these guys going to be able to declare for the draft? I don't think it would be necessarily fair for like a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence, who I think would be probably the first and second quarterback, maybe with Burrow in there, one, two, three, 
off the draft board this year. I do think Trevor Lawrence would be far and away the, the number one quarterback taken in this draft. But how does that look like in your head? I mean, I, nobody really knows. This has never happened per se. But what do you think that looks like if we don't have a college football season? So great minds think alike. This is exactly what I brought up to Stoops when we recorded uh, our stuff uh, last weekend. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I think Stoops said it just as you did, and I agreed with him. I don't think it's going to affect those top guys like Lawrence and Fields. I think regardless if they play another season or not, the NFL knows what they think of them. They've got enough tape to prove that they can be good at the next level. I think they'll get a chance to go. I guess the only thing we can lean on is what we've kind of seen the NCAA do here with the spring sports stuff is they've given the chance to, for you to keep your eligibility. But I've been paying very close attention to it. And it seems like the colleges are hesitant to do that. And I understand it because you're talking about bringing back seniors, juniors, sophomores, and, and letting them keep their eligibility. And everybody kind of keeps forgetting about they've already signed a whole incoming freshman mm -hmm. class. So you're already bringing in guys who are expecting to come in and say being told by – Coach Ricky here that, hey, you're going to be my quarterback as soon as, as Justin Fields goes. Well, now all of a sudden Justin Fields is staying for another year. You were expecting to be the starter at Ohio State next year, like, say, C.J. Stroud. So it's going to be interesting. I would honestly think a lot of those college players are probably, if they're given the chance, they're going to go into the NFL. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot of uncertainty like we're seeing this year, next year, if we don't have a college football season. Because you're going to have all those guys that have maybe – uh, I'm trying to think of someone like, well, see, ETN's a bad choice because he's still be one of the top running backs, but maybe a guy who we haven't really talked about. You guys haven't talked about that. Maybe got like a fifth or sixth round draft grade. Uh, I was thinking about coming out this year and decided to go back like a, like a Chris Olave for the, the Buckeyes. Maybe he didn't get a high draft grade. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to go back for one more year. And all of a sudden he doesn't get to play the college football season. Like, oh, well, you still got a fifth or sixth round draft grade. Maybe he wants to go back, but as Stoops mentioned, well, now you got a Julian Fleming coming in who wants to be the starter. Maybe Ryan Day wants him to be the starter, so they try and push Olave out. It's going to cause a lot more headaches than I think a lot of people have thought about with just saying, oh, hey, this, these guys can come back to school if they want to. And I think that raises more questions, which sucks for those kids, obviously, because this is their dream, and, and this whole thing is kind of messed up their, their chances of doing this. But I, I don't think really we're going to have any idea. I, obviously, we all hope. There's a football season, and I've, I've heard a lot of conferences saying maybe they'll just do conference games. They won't do anything outside of that, which I think could help. Maybe it, it still leads to some kind of playoff system, and they, they do play them on neutral fields. Maybe we won't see any stuff with fans, which will suck because that's the best part of the college games, in my opinion. But I'd rather have college football with no fans than <laughs> the no college football at all, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so for me, it's, it's just something we've got to watch and, and hope that, you know, Everybody keeps saying, hopefully by June, this will be over with. And I, I do want to ask you a question because you, you brought up, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on it. Um, you said that a lot of teams have been talking about not being able to come back until June or July. Do you think that affects – how do you think that affects certain college programs? Do you think, like, obviously the Clemsons, Ohio States, Alabamas, Georgias that have had these kind of stable environments here the past couple of years – you think it maybe increases their chances of making the playoffs and being good next year because they haven't had much changes, especially with the possible shorter off seasons. Yeah, no, I, I think that's, that's, that's very, very true. I think a team Florida, right. For example, who, yes, Kyle Trask was there last year. Um, 
but they got a couple transfer guys in, right? So it's basically going to be this was their time to build that chemistry and do stuff like that. So I think programs like a Florida um, and others who who got top talent, you know, via recruiting classes or transfers, whatever, they're not going to have that time to build that chemistry. So they're they're thinking, man, this is our year, right? We're going to make our run. Now they don't have that opportunity. So I do think that's going to affect the teams that um, aren't able to get together and build the chemistry, practice, get their timing down. So yeah, someone like an Alabama, an Ohio State, um, Clemson, you know, they're going to be they're going to be better off. I don't want to say they're going to be fine because we're all dealing with the same thing. Right. But essentially, they've got the guys coming back. Like yes, they did lose a couple to the draft and so on and so forth. But overall, the scheme's going to be the same some of your key players from previous seasons are still there. They're, you know, coming back. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be different. It's going to be crazy, but I do think those top programs who have the same system set in place for years and years and have kind of molded to that, I think they'll be fine. Um, but the other ones like a Florida, for example, teams like that, that got some transfers in and, and up and coming guys, I think it's going to affect them a lot more than, than maybe what we think. Yeah, I agree 100% there as well. Like, it's going to, I think if we do come to a shortened season where we're just playing conference play and, and the chemistry is important, you know what I mean? We all know how important chemistry can be on the football field. We all know that there is team like, if, like Alabama, you know, Najee Harris is back, Devontae Smith is back, Clemson, you've got the core guys back, right? Higgins left, obviously, but you know, you've got a lot of guys from Clemson that are back. They know the system, they know what they're doing. Obviously, it's going to hurt some of these freshmen and sophomores to see the field a little bit sooner, especially especially in these smaller schools. You know what I mean? The not-so-big schools. We could see them struggle a whole lot. Could we see like a recycled repeat of a lot of the same good teams from last year? I think a team like LSU is going to struggle massively if this happens for a long period of time. They're losing everybody. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new running back, new tight ends, new wide receivers, new everything. You know what I mean? So they're a team that could go from, you know, being that, you know, national championship team to nothing. You know what I'm saying? I I think that might happen regardless of whether we have a full season or not. I don't think they're going to be very good this year, Um, which also then will transition. So obviously outside of fields, do you have a guy, do you think that's going to – that you would bet a little bit money on that's going to win the Heisman this year? Ooh, I'm trying to think of who. I mean, there was one that was really controversial. I don't agree with it, but I'd love to hear your – maybe one of you guys were the ones who posted it. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> Spencer Rattler from, uh, from Oklahoma. Wasn't me. No, it wasn't me, but I could see it, but I, I think, I think it's, a, it's a long shot. Well, so they put him up above guys that I, I wish I could remember who posted that tweet because I, I have no idea who it was. So there's no way I'll be able to find it now. Uh, but they had posted like he was he was like within the top five odds, kind of like Adrian Martinez was last year. Mm-hmm. who I was high on last year. I thought Adrian Martinez. So maybe Adrian Martinez would be the guy I'd go with. Maybe another year in Scott Frost system. I'm a believer in Adrian Martinez. I think he's a, a very good dual threat quarterback. So Adrian Martinez, an outside guy, I think. I picked Nebraska to win their side of the Big Ten last year. Obviously fell very short of that. Maybe they've got a shot at this year. So I'll throw my my clout behind Adrian Martinez, whatever clout that I have. Yeah, the one that I, I've been piggybacking off Stoops for months now is the <laughs> Kyle Trask one. You know what I mean? I think Kyle Trask, this this kid is this kid is stupid. He's he's really good. My underdog, though, is a guy that I like to talk about, and that's Mr. Slavis. I think Mr. I think Slavis is hands down one of the best quarterback prospects we have seen. Um, if you got all you have to do is literally just 
just Google's name uh, on YouTube and watch his throwing ability from last year. And then the talent they have around him, he already has a Rappaport with those guys. I think a team like USC does benefit from the this particular offseason. You have a team like Stanford who's bringing in a lot of different guys. New, you know, quarterback situation is interesting. <coughs> Sorry. And then you have a team like, and then you have obviously of Oregon. Oregon's got a whole entire new system coming in. I do think a team like USC can step up to the plate with the talent they have around him. I think Slavis is going to win that job hands down. He's the much more superior talented quarterback out of him and Daniels. I don't understand why Daniels didn't transfer, but Slavis is a guy that I could see winning the Heisman relatively surprisingly with the core of guys that we have. Obviously we have, we have at least two more seasons of Slavis, right? So presuming a season happens and stuff like that. So I like Slavis a whole lot. Stoops, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to stick with it. Um, I don't know if it's as under the radar anymore, but I'm stick. I still think it's going to be Trask. I know I'm in a. Um, it's a it's a it's a college redraft league basically, and I took so I took Trevor Lawrence with my first pick. My second pick, um, I took Kyle Trask. It's a super flex. I took him, and you you'd be surprised how much um, negative feedback I got by picking Trask. People were just so shocked that I took him and. And then there was the Kellen Mond love in the chat, which blew my mind, <laughs> blew my mind. But anyway, um, no, it's, I, I like Kyle Trask a lot. Um, when I say this, I am not comparing him to a Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's junior season, you saw those moments, right? You saw those throws. Now, did we expect him to have 6,000 yards? And uh, No, we didn't expect that. But what I saw with Kyle Trask were those moments of, man, this, this kid's got something, right? It, he's not there. He's not there yet, but he's got something. And I think he's going to have one of those seasons this year um, that does take him to the next level. And I, I think it'll put him into consideration for the Heisman. Am I saying he's going to be the guy? We don't know. But I, I think he's a guy that can have a very, very good chance at it. He showed enough last year to make me a believer. Obviously not everybody, and that's that's okay. That's why we do this. Um, but no, Kyle Trask would be my guy. He'd be the one that I would put if I – if I had extra money to, to lay down on someone, he, he'd, be, he'd be the guy that I would be betting on. All right, Matt, thanks so much for joining us, man. Where can we find your work, podcast, et cetera, et cetera? Give it to the world. Well, first, I appreciate you guys having me on. I love getting on and talking Debbie college stuff. As I joked with Stoops last week, I don't get to do that enough on my own podcast, and it's weird because it's my podcast, and I don't get to do that. So <laughs> I love that uh, being able to talk with you guys. You guys have been great uh, ever since I've had a chance to, to talk to you guys. Loved having you guys on, so I really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SportsFanaticMB. Uh, my podcast, the Fantasy Football Roundtable, I do with with Dennis, Matt, and Tony. Different stuff all the time. Dynasty, you'll hear me talk about college. Matt talks about pop culture. We got it all going on there. So if you guys, uh, whenever you're done listening over here, the Debbie Delight, if you want to pop on and give us a listen, we'd appreciate it. Definitely listen to you guys first, though, especially if you're a diehard college football fan. Uh, and then I, I write for the Dynasty Nerds. I do a lot of the Debbie and draft stuff for them. That's where I love to, as me and Stoops talked about, I'm pretty sure I talked about it with you as well, Ricky. My love comes from college football. I love the NFL, but for me, it's all about Saturday football games. Uh, big, I could die a happy man watching the Buckeyes win a national championship. Maybe the Browns a little bit just because I haven't seen it. I've seen Buckeyes win two in my lifetime but Buckeyes is where it's at for me I bleed scarlet and gray so that that's my love uh, and that's what I do I write for the Debbie and uh, draft profiles for the Dynasty Nerds yeah thanks so much for joining us make sure to check out the show on Twitter at the Debbie Delight give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990 uh, give myself a follow at Ricky Villar underscore make sure to check out expandtheboxscore.com give them a follow on Twitter at XTB Box Score, and we'll talk to you guys later
to y'all later. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.